The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Andrew, thank you very much. You're listening to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock uh, this evening. I hold in my hands uh, a, a book with a great title, A Portrait of the Piss Artist as a Young Man. It is written by Ty Kiki and Ty is with me here in studio. Uh, it's great to see you, Ty. Uh, you too, buddy. In. Thanks for having me back. Um, so why did you write the book? Um, I didn't plan to write it actually because I did a play I think I might have been telling you before I did a play a few years ago called In One Eye Out The Other and that was a surreal version of my story and that's as far as I felt that I would go that it would be kind of you know tell a bit of the story but then hide a lot of the gory details with ridiculous surreal imagery and that's good for comedy and it's also good to protect me I suppose Um, but I was talking in a few interviews about alcoholism over that journey I suppose and uh Deirdre Nolan from Eru Books, she heard me a few times and she just suggested that the angle I was going with, which is that alcoholism is a mental illness, weirdly, people don't really talk about that much in Ireland. And I was surprised at that because I, I suppose like the people I hang around with, we're all very aware that it's a mental illness, I suppose, because mm. we're, well, I speak for myself, I'm mentally unwell um, and that's cool. But like in Ireland, there seems to be a big emphasis on drink, but not that much on talking about why we drink or the underlying maybe anxiety or depression or what makes us drink, I suppose. And so I I thought, okay, maybe if I just be brave here and actually dig deep and write the real story, it could help someone. But actually, to be fair as well, it could help me make sense of my journey a a little bit more, I suppose. So what is it that you hope people will take from the book? What lesson will they learn from it? Ah, oh, geez. I, I mean, I'm not trying to teach anybody anything like and it's not a self-help book. It's just my story. And I know exactly what you mean by that, though. Um, I suppose I'd like to, uh, if people are reading my story, to see that it's a story of somebody who felt mentally unwell, you'd call it these days when I was a kid. I mean, I'm not talking about really, really serious mental illness, but I would have had, you know, undiagnosed, I suppose, chronic anxiety as a kid. And I'm, I was trying to figure out where that came from. And I think at the time, if we were talking openly in Ireland and someone said, oh, look, that's a panic attack, I might have still been an alcoholic, but I suppose I wouldn't have felt the shame that I felt before I started drinking. I felt there was something shameful about having panic, uh, panic attacks and whatnot. So I'd like people to read it and kind of maybe they might see themselves in it and come to understand what makes uh, somebody who will ultimately end up suffering with addiction, like the, the kind of recipe for that. How did that anxiety, say, when you were a young child, how did it manifest? Or did it manifest as a young child? Did it, did it, was it only as you were a teenager? No, it did, it's from, like, and I detail in the book, it's from as early as I can remember. And it wasn't like, there's no real pinpoint moment where I'm like, oh, I'm anxious because of that. Mm. Um, so I know my mom was really anxious. Um, I don't know, is there a necessary connection between the two or just constant conjunction, I think is the way they put it in philosophy. But I seem to be like when she was anxious, I was definitely more anxious. And uh, it felt like her anxiety and mine a little bit was anxiety of anxiety. It wasn't necessarily of things. It was kind of fear of fear itself. Um, I remember being a kid and like there was one, I remember one episode being in the toilet and feeling like my head was going to explode. That's the way it felt to me as an, say, an eight-year-old. Um and my skin was kind of like, oh, just kind of tight and stuff. And it was it was really hard to articulate it and then even harder to say it to your family members. But I was aware early that it was something shameful. It felt like it was something shameful. Like nobody was talking about mental health in working class Cork in the late 80s, early 90s. I don't remember it ever being mentioned. So I was, I was afraid that my mom would say, oh, that sounds really weird. We're going to have to get you, you know, to a psychiatric unit. Um, but... 
yeah, so that's the way it would manifest. And then it would be, I think it was the hiding of it as well. So if we were all just generally talking about panic, I would have been grand, I think. Mm. But I felt like it was shameful. Nobody was talking about it. So then it would just be suppressed. And then I got to my teenage years and then I picked up a drink and I was like, oh, I need never feel panic yeah. again. It was like a panacea. Here's the cure. Here's the cure. Yeah, exactly. So it was a, for me, it was a metamorphosis, whereas the other lads were like, oh, this is a bit of fun. Whereas I'm like, this is my solution to all life's problems. And I mean, because I, I want to talk about um, that journey that's detailed in the book. Um, but just again on the on, on that childhood experience, and, and maybe this is a difficult question for you to answer, but do you think we've gotten better as a society at, at recognising who those kids are and giving them help? You know, we have a, kind mm-hmm. of a, the, the, was it NEPS, the National Education Psychology Service. We have these psychologists, there's not enough of them. Yeah. But, you know, they, they, they're out in schools and they're teaching kids about kind of awareness of their own concerns and worries and they have these kind of thermometers and they learn about flipping their lids and, yes. and all of these yeah. things, you know, and squeezing the lemons you know <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and relaxing them and uh, to kind of when they when they feel uh, the lid beginning to flip and you know all of that sort of stuff yeah um like are, are we better i think we are better to be honest yeah definitely and it's particularly with kids like i wonder and i've often wondered this like the type of lads i was hanging around with in cork when i was a kid um whatever they're doing now i wonder are they talking about mental health more or do, or is it a little bit of a buzzword on online because I just wonder sometimes like with hashtags online it becomes a bit like a, a hyper real thing that it's just it becomes banal because you see it so much but I think what you say though around kids like that has to be a good thing where it's normalised that you might feel anxious it's normalised you might have a low mood um, I don't know what the stats or what the, the data is going to be like with talking about it too early to kids I mean but I'd rather be in that part of the issue than not talking about it at all, for sure. Mm. Um, I wonder, though, another kind of pet peeve I have is, I wonder, uh, is addiction really included in the mental health discussion, be it for young people or older people? I, I still feel a little bit that it's, the two things are separate, whereas to me, they're just intuitively the same yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I think we have an awful lot of empathy now for people with mental health issues, and that's become common on radio and whatnot. But sometimes people with, particularly alcoholism, I think it's a bit like, there's still a little bit punitive. The attitude towards the alcoholic is a little bit like, oh, you messed up and you were wild and what's the big deal? Like, just cop yourself on. A little bit. Do you know why? I I, I don't know what you think. I suspect a little bit of that is because um, most people haven't tried heroin. But, <laughs> That's you know true. what I mean? But, That's true, but, but, yeah. But we've all had a drink. Yeah. And I think there's a kind of, even though we maybe not don't acknowledge it out loud to ourselves, and maybe we're not even aware of it, mm. I think there's a kind of a subconscious attitude that you know tying maybe is a slightly weaker moral fibre well, because is I, I can have a drink exactly and I'm absolutely fine why can't I exactly like when I stopped drinking there was even people that I was drinking with went when I started seeking recovery they were like jeez that's a bit dramatic isn't it you know because like ultimately we're all at it so and I think that's quite dangerous because therein lies the rub that it is a mental illness it's not about volume like I'm not claiming that I had more pints than some other lad up the road who used to love pints. It's the fact that I was using pints to assuage an underlying anxiety issue. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's part of my, and that's why I felt like I needed it. And then when I tried to stop, I was shocked to find that I couldn't. And then that's that's really where the issue is. So I think if we understood the mental health aspect of it more, we wouldn't be kind of thinking, oh, why can't you just be like me? Because that'd be like saying to somebody with chronic depression or schizophrenia, 
I feel like I have voices in my head too but I just get up and go to work like no yeah. you don't like it's not the same yeah. thing I would have I would have given anything to be a functional human being in fact that was my life's obsession to be functional and be a good father and whatnot when I was drinking but I found that it was one or the other yeah the book like there's there's very funny moments in the book and uh, and the story is told really well it's very heavy as well at times and I guess that 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 weightiness could be separated into kind of two categories. There's kind of incidents, and then there's the overall themes, maybe. Yeah. So there's yeah. incidents like your father's kind of sudden passing, and your inability to process that, and yeah. these scenes of the kind of sacred heart, and you know, you're kind of pleading <laughs> with him, you know, to 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 not have been taken away. And then there's the, again, there's the, the kind of the broader themes of that intersection between mental health and addiction and alcohol. I mean, which. Maybe this is kind of a funny way of asking, but which did you prefer exploring? You know, did you prefer going back, like, and, and visiting those incidents, or was it the kind of the broad thematic sweeps you were more into? I'll tell you now. What I found the most useful was to actually explore what was going on really deep inside. So, like, mm. for instance, with my mother, like, I started off with an understanding of her, and by the end of the book, I had a totally different understanding. I actually developed compassion for her because you know. Like in any type of therapy, writing down your thoughts is a big thing because like your your head is just a scramble with r- random ideas and you don't know, you can't see the wood from the trees. By writing down, I was kind of going, all oh, right, that's probably why she did this or, or like with a bit of psychotherapy as well and writing the book, I was like, because I remember like kind of, kind of, um, what would you say, mollifying my mother when I was young, you know, she would be anxious and I'd tell her stories and I'd make up random stories and like in a way, I'm kind of still doing that today. Like, so I kind of developed the idea doing comedy by assuaging my mother's fears. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that was, and I suppose what's easy is writing drinking stories. Like I took out a lot of drinking stories because I was like, I mean, early interviews I did with the play as well, I was like, oh, tell us a drinking story. And it would also be like, oh, tell us the worst thing you did. Like, you know, did you <laughs> did you poo your pants? You know? <laughs> and it's like, that's not what it's about. Like, you if know, you so. you think that's the worst thing I did, well, <laughs> yeah, wait till you hear yeah. this. Osher <laughs> pooing the pants was a great day. Like, but uh, yeah, so I was trying to stress more and I think it's hard, it was harder to write, but hopefully it'd be more helpful to stress here's what was going on for me towards the end of my last drink, like, and it's a full-on, effectively, like, nervous breakdown on the streets of London. Mm. That's more alcoholism for me than, oh, dear, I've shat and pissed myself, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I don't want to give too much away in the book. You can see I'm, I'm a kind of a scribbler. That's what you would look like with hair Oh, my and God, that brings back so many lovely memories. Um, but um, <laughs> the I do remember when we spoke last, God, last year sometime, yeah. you, you would just come through what you were describing as a breakthrough, not a breakdown. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a phrase you'd acknowledge that you robbed from uh, elsewhere. But yeah. um, And you, you said at the time that um, dangerous territory for you is when you kind of feel like everything is going really well. I've got this sus. Yeah, yeah. And I just want I was struck uh, kind of it's. It, it, reminded me before coming in to talk to you today I was kind of reminded of it because I thought I would just wonder with the book out and all the kind of praise <laughs> and people like God this is amazing you know what I mean your experience and your journey and God you're God's gift to the world really yeah, I mean is, is, is it is it kind of a <laughs> is it a da- is that something you have to be aware of absolutely definitely and like I'm lucky enough this time around because because I had the recent enough fall it gives you that little bit more I'm a little bit more primed for that type of egotistical kind of thinking um, but absolutely, like I have to be careful. It's not so much the praise, although um, praise is, I suppose, like being on Twitter a lot. Praise is very relative, like because for for every ten people saying that you're a great lad, yeah. there's ten people threatening to burn your house down. So, so it's not so much the praise. It's more thinking that I'm in any way cured. That's yes. the big thing, you know. So, and I think alcoholics don't have the monopoly on that at all. I mean, everyone is trying to find their own way to deal with their stuff. So I have to just be thinking that the book. 
and hopefully this is the way that it's written as well towards the last chapter like it probably would have made it for a more well-rounded story if I'd have cut out the last bit about the recent breakdown it was like this is what happened I got recovery and now I'm sorted yes. but I deliberately put it in because I was like this is not a linear journey it's a kind of a, the stuff that I feel works really well for me right now does I'm sure there's more shit coming down the line and I'll deal with that at the time but mm. I feel like I have the tools um, and I also wanted the story to be like uplifting because basically I think when you're young you're feeling like you're a weirdo you've got anxiety you find drink and then it no longer works and you're back to being a weirdo and you feel anxious there is recovery there there is recovery there like and generally speaking I feel better now and I'm more useful to my family than I ever was in my life even before I started drinking so and so you're in a good place now yeah really good yeah Great yeah, stuff. yeah. Uh, you've got a <laughs> comedy tour as well ongoing Yes, if sir. The book wasn't enough. Thank you very much. No, shameless uh, plug <laughs> section. <laughs> and if you didn't bring it up, I was going to forget it again. Like, uh, so yeah, so I'm doing a show called the Marxist Terrorist Supporting Scumbag uh, Show. <laughs> it's coined by a Twitter troll of mine who I'm very fond of. Um, I'm doing Belfast next week, and I'm doing Liberty Hall on the 26th, Cork Opera House on the 28th of September. All details on tighhickey.com. It's going to be great concert and gig in one. Oh well listen uh, The book is great as well A portrait of the piss artist As a young man Tyke Listen an absolute pleasure Always a pleasure buddy Thank Thanks you. a million Thanks a million for coming into us The Hard Shoulder With Kieran Cuddy With Nissan Weekdays from 4 On News Talk.